Hey guys. We are back with Model Talk. It's Devin Blackerby. And Nicole Nance. Um, and we're here to bring a little bit of transparency to the modeling world and talk about our experiences. We'll share some stories. Yeah, talk about fun stuff and difficult stuff. Yeah, so All the thank things. you for tuning in. Yeah. This is episode six. six. Um, and we're going to talk about the different markets of professionally modeling, <clears throat> professional modeling. Yeah. And all of the different like avenues you can take with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of hoping that newer models, uh, get a lot out of this one and yeah. realizing there are a lot of different ways to become a professional model. Also, this is a lot of info I've been given. I've only personally experienced, like I've said at the top, like three of these markets, but I've been, um pushed to a couple more so I have experience in like communicating back and forth with them but I haven't actually gone to them if that makes sense yeah 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 cool all right so we could start with the U.S. so like your main fashion capital cities are obviously New York LA and Miami those are like your main markets um New York is like your high fashion your runway there's some commercial stuff shot out of there, too. I'd say also a little bit of acting. And then L.A. is mainly commercial and acting. Like, I remember when I casted down there and, like, tried to get an agency, they really pushed, were trying to push me into acting because they yeah. really want you to also do that. Because, and I didn't realize this until I went down there, when you're given a modeling call, you're competing with also actresses uh-huh. and famous actors and actresses, or not even famous, maybe like B-list. Like you're competing with people who also have a slight celebrity behind them too. So putting you in that role also gives you like an edge. So they really wanted that. Yeah. But well, I, I kept saying no. It you. And yeah. acting is something you can like age with more so. Oh, way, way better. Oh, yeah. It's way better. Miami is swimwear and lingerie because they yeah. have swim week, swim week there. I think there's some athletic slightly yeah. based there too, but that's mainly what that market is. Is like all swimwear, all lingerie, like they're built on it. Their fashion week is basically all that. Right. Like um, that or like um, more like club wear party style yes. that's meant for really hot Tro- weather. Tropical. Oh God, Florida. Stuff. <laughs> and then so your other your other main fashion capitals, I'd say London, Paris, Milan, mm-hmm. Tokyo, and that's pretty much it secondary markets this is where i categorize portland we're kind of a secondary market but we're a main market for athletic everything else i'd say we're secondary nike adidas columbia yeah all those are here your secondary markets in the u.s are like portland seattle and chicago just because ford is based there which i didn't i didn't really know until later but these are markets that you go to usually the like do what they call like kind of like you would live there for two weeks and do testing and build a bunch of buzz and then ideally your mother agency would push you to another market based on like Mm -hmm. the work you did in this market so that's kind of the goal of those usually yeah and then internationally i just remember this because i was really being pushed to asia at one point so i know Mm. singapore is coming up as actually a fashion capital but they will that's still considered a testing market taipei in china was one for a while but they did have issues with human trafficking so i don't know if they send people there anymore and then seoul is a huge testing market i know that for sure if you're trying to branch into the asian markets Mm -hmm. you go to seoul and you do like two weeks there of work or like a month sometimes and then if you do really well they'll push you to like japan or they'll push you to singapore or they'll push you to 
a couple other places I can't super remember. And then for Europe, I actually just recently found this out. Athens is a really big one because really? I got offered Athens Fashion Week. Oh, cool! During my sophomore year of college, but I was like in the middle of a semester. Yeah. So I was like, do I drop out or do I like Ugh. do it? And I ended up not doing it because I had already like paid for my tuition, obviously, oh, and wow. I was gonna make money, but not enough to like pay back what I would have lost in tuition. So I just like decided against it, which honestly is one of those career moments where you don't expect it to happen. And then like life hits you in the face mm-hmm. and you can't do it. But so that's a huge testing market. I would say, um, Africa, Johannesburg, I've heard for South Africa. Mm-hmm. And then I've heard some in Morocco, but to me that's almost too close to the European markets. So yeah. I've mostly heard if you're going to do Africa, it's South Africa for Johannesburg. And then Australia is also a huge secondary market just on its own. So like Melbourne, you go there and you work to try. Basically, you go to a secondary market to build buzz about yourself to then go to a large market. That's the whole goal of a secondary market. And it pushes you into the like international model category. Yes. Which is big. Like I know if anyone's with option here, they really try to, they've tried to place people a couple times in Morocco, like I said, and then a couple times in Australia from girls I knew who worked worked with them because they were trying to get them more buzz to then move to like Paris, move to Milan, or move to London to do those fashion weeks. And I guess this is an assumption, but it's you're sent where your look is going to be the most marketable. Oh, yes. So like super pale women. um, You're almost sent sent to opposite places. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because they um, really like the westernized um, like the look of it, mm-hmm. the, the nose shape and uh, the really fair skin because, yeah, I don't know exactly why. Yeah, I would say you're almost sent to, like, the opposite of what the cultural norm is, is yeah. from what I've heard from other people who have also traveled. It's either that or you fit the look. Like, uh, there was a girl I worked with who was a mix of a couple of things, but she had, like, a predominantly kind of more... Asian like Vietnamese kind of look to her face Uh so she worked really well in Asia because clearly she was also white but Asian so she had this weird mix so they looked at her as like marketable but still like not the traditional beauty standard so she worked in the Asian markets a lot and Mm -hmm. then yeah Morgan was going to be sent to Morocco which she's a very pale white girl like me so Mm -hmm. it's almost like having the opposite of what the general population is is something that they would look for I guess it would be more eye-catching. Yeah. Too. And you would stand out. You'd be more unique. Mm-hmm. Um, so talking U.S. markets, let's talk... Oh, I feel like we left Vancouver, B.C. out of the equation. They're starting to come I up. I don't know that much about them, though. I, um, and I've talked about this podcast a million times. I guess times. Quebec, too, I think, has some fashion week also. Yeah, so I listen to the Fashion Hags, and it's a Canadian-based podcast, and, um, they're designers and have been through fashion school and all of that and work in the market and it sounds like they live in Vancouver BC and it sounds like it's really up and coming um it sounds like they're bringing out a lot well probably not enough definitely not enough but indigenous uh designers from Canada oh like First Nation First Nation yeah the French and um indigenous people that's cool yeah and so I feel like they're doing big things I've seen um I think they had a metropolitan fashion week up there not too long ago Interesting. Yeah. Anyways, so U.S. markets. So U.S. markets, I guess, 
We'll start with Portland. So to Portland and me, there's like several different categories. I think mm-hmm. the main one that like if you're a working model here and what I consider a full time model, you have to be an athletic model. Yeah. Because that's literally the only way you make money here. And when we talk about athletic, we talk about like Adidas working for an athletic company or doing athletic things. Because like yeah. there's a friend of mine, Chris, who he also has his own podcast. It's called the Lost in Portland podcast. But um oh, cool. He does a lot of athletic shooting here, and yes, it's for brands, but sometimes, like, he did a hiking one one time, which was, like, for Hydro Flask. Yeah. So, it's not always just going to be It gives clothing. the appearance that you're active. Yeah. Sometimes, it's going to just be a random product, but it mm-hmm. fits whatever you're following. Or even do. lifestyle athletic modeling, because they need, like, stock photos of it. Yes. And stuff. Do you, um, yeah, you want to talk about that? You're better at lifestyle than me. I feel like you can speak on it better than I <laughs> Well, pl- like, still talking a little bit about the athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I'm learning, because I really want to break more into that market. It's I hard. think I'm more kind of built for that. And I'm also, so I'm learning any models that are interested in it. That athletic modeling doesn't mean, like, big muscles. No, it does not. It means toned. Toned. They need all different body types for it. And so if you are more yoga or Pilates with that, like, you're toned, but there's not muscle mass versus, like, bodybuilders and stuff. So they need a wide range of For guys, they usually bodies. just want them to be in shape. They don't mm-hmm. necessarily have to have, like, huge muscle, but the guys, I know they just want them to be in shape. Women... And I used to do this when I used to lose weight for modeling. I used to do this thing where, like, you can work out to the point where you start to tone, which means you don't have muscle mass. It's, like, right before you would start to gain muscle, but you're, Uh like, really in shape and really fit. And you can feel the muscle. Like, if I was to touch my arm at that point, you can feel it, but it's not there. Yeah. So it doesn't actually, like, come out in photos. And that's what they want for women because they don't want you too muscly because then that changes, like, your hip measurement, especially because, like, your butt will start gaining muscle. And then that can make you too big or too small based on, like, their fits. Yeah. I guess, too, it depends. So I'm learning, like, trying to figure out where I want to gear myself towards, like, what Mm -hmm. brands. And hopefully, ultimately, working with them. But you have to figure out. So, like, Adidas is way more, like, fashion athletics. Whereas Nike uses, like, genuine, like... Athletes. Athletes (laughs) where they don't really care about the hip measurement with the butt because it's muscle. Um, And so that was really interesting to me. And I'm like... Which one? And I feel like I fit more Adidas because I I casted for an Adidas thing and I I made it to round two just because it was for fashion stuff. It's less for athletic. And I'll tell you, I just have a story now. So based on when you also when you go to athletic castings, they're completely different than fashion or I would say lifestyle too. But lifestyle doesn't really cast a super huge amount. But like I've gone to a Nike casting where I had to show up and there was like a bunch of different people there were in like a studio um warehouse setting and they had you put on clothes it kind of was based on your look so I would thought I would be put into their like fashion brand but they didn't do that which to me I think was like a little bit of my downfall like they put me in one of the Nike brands that was just really athletic wear and so they have Mm -hmm. you stand in it you wait they put you on set and you get 10 shots to do whatever. And I was like, ooh, ooh I hate this. Oh, <laughs> because, I would love that. Well, because the way my agency described it at the time was like, yes, they're shooting for three different brands of Nike. One was really fashion. One was kind of like middle of the road. And then mm-hmm. one was super athletic. So I thought that they would put me in the really fashion based on my look. But they put everybody, I think, initially in the really athletic. And then okay. if you made it to like 
two or three, they'd put you in all of the looks eventually to see how you did. So I didn't make it obviously past that first cut because I'm not the most, I'm like not the athletic look mm-hmm. traditionally. So I didn't make it that far. But I remember that's what it was. You waited around. Mm. You can't wear their competitor stuff. They won't let you in the door. If, sense, if you though. do, sometimes you can put tape over the logo. Turn it inside out. Um, I don't know. No, it's more for shoes. It's like if you have to wear... Oh, yeah. You have to wear a Nike shoe to a Nike casting. You have to wear an Adidas shoe to Adidas casting. It if sounds you, annoying, but, like, it's just respectful. If you I don't, like. you need to wear a brand that is not a threat. Like Champion. Champion, I was just going to say. Or... Nordstrom has their kind of athletic brand called Zella, but there's no actual logo to Mm -hmm. it. Like, I've worn that to castings before because it just looks like normal athletic athletic wear. I have a couple shoes that don't have a brand on them that I bring to, like, shoots. Because if I want to wear Adidas stuff, there's no way in hell you're going to put a Nike Nike or Puma shoes on. Yeah. Yeah, if you shoot with fashion athletic brands, that's different. Like, I have some Ivy Park stuff, and I doubt they would really care as long as, like, the name's not somewhere on it. Because, mm-hmm. like, some of the stuff's just, like, you know, is on the tag. Yeah. But you don't really see a logo. Mm-hmm. But that's how most athletic castings are, is they put you in clothes. I've done a couple like that. They put you in clothes, and they either put you on a set, or they have you actually start working out. Yeah. They have you, <laughs> like, I was in a Nike one, and they had to start running laps, mm-hmm. and I was like man, this is not my gig. <laughs> like, I am hard. not... Don't ask me to run and look nice. Because I don't think people realize sometimes, obviously, it is a staged, like, shot of, like, of a person doing a sport. Uh-huh. Maybe it's, like, actually, they're not actually on a track somewhere, right? And they're shooting. But most of the time, and I know this because I've been put on that, or several of my male model friends all do that. They actually take them out to a high school track and have them run like 20 laps and they're just constantly shooting to get uh-huh. a photo or they have them trail run. Like um, Anthony Thomason is a big slew model who I love. Um, but he, I remember, is not a men's standard size for shoes. So he would trail run in size nine shoes when he's a size 11. Oh, so that's painful. like the ridiculous stuff that you have to do. But he's trail running all day when yeah. he's doing like, a look that's supposed to be like a trail running shoe. So they actually have people going out and doing that activity. And I don't think people like realize that. Like, mm-hmm. like there's some shots that I think David or Chaudry did recently of them running on one of the Portland bridges. I'm like, no, they were actually out there like yeah. running all day and shooting. Like you're actually doing the activity and they ask you too. Mm-hmm. And um, our agency has us fill that out on like the talent thing. Like, what are your talents? Like what sports can you actually do? Mm-hmm. Like they have you fill it on like casting.com yeah, or something. But Nike actually asks you that, too, or any of the athletic yeah. brands will ask you when you show up. They're like, can you actually do yoga? How advanced can you do yoga? Because they want to know if they can have you do some really cool poses mm-hmm. or, like, running, especially, like, track and field. If yeah. they're doing, like, track and field stuff, they're like, can you actually throw a javelin? How well can you throw a javelin? Like, were you a, a high school football player? Could you actually be able to do a couple of plays? Like, not mm-hmm. hardcore. They're actually going to have people tackle you. Yeah. But they're going to play a game. Something that shows up the form of a football player. Yeah. Every athletic shoot I've ever done has been exhausting. Because you, yeah, you're, you're actually doing the thing, and you're doing it over and over and over again. Or like you're shooting a basketball like six different times yeah. in the same basket. But it makes a big difference when you get your blood pumping. I think you can see it in the photo, not your blood, but I think in the photo you look alive. You can see it, yeah, you can see like the veins in yeah. men specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, they're tiring, but I also they've like kind of made me want to take just like a couple maybe kickboxing classes. To learn form. Mm-hmm. Or how to fake a form. Yeah, yeah, because I have enough photos that are just kind of like in the outtakes where it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, it's obvious I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. 
And so I could, they want to know if you actually can, because otherwise it's, it's a lot of work like to try and elicit that from a model that's never kickboxed before or something. Well, yeah. Like back to Anthony Thompson, like he's a pro long driver. That's like his other. What's that? For golf. Oh, okay. It's just shooting the ball. They don't actually try to get it in a hole. It's just how far you can oh, hit it. That sounds fun. That might be the worst way to describe it, but that's how I <laughs> think distance? of it. Yeah, it's ball. distance. He's a pro long driver, but it's for the long drive oh. shot. So that might have been so wrong, but he... Google it, guys. He, he's great, <laughs> but he's so fun. But he does a lot of golf shoots mm-hmm. because he's obviously a golfer. So yeah. he can go play the golf shoot role of a guy for Nike when Nike Golf was a thing or like any mm-hmm. other golf company really well because he does it. Like yeah. that's part of one of, that's one of his career paths, right? So they have you do a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I also learned like if you are going to do an athletic shoot, like I did a yoga shoot. Workout. <laughs> that, and like thankfully the photographer, this just was an awesome coincidence, but was also a yoga instructor. Oh, there you so go. So I knew there wasn't going to be a photo that came out that made it look like I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Um, They're not going to. Because like as a dancer, a lot of times they'll want you to like dance for photo shoots or somebody who doesn't really understand dance form will want to do ballet shoots. And it's like, that sounds great. Sometimes I'm going to look like crap. Yeah, because that's they just what don't know yeah. like to look for a turnout or where the leg should be in the air and whatever. So, um, so that's yeah. Portland's main, that's main market. A subset of athletic marketing is fit modeling. Yep, yeah. Because you could just be a fit model for an athletic company. You can do this for a lot. But here, like, I know... Actually, my old manager at a restaurant I used to work at, she was, like, a main fit model for Columbia because she was, like, a perfect size six. So they used her all the time for that. And you can make a good amount of money, but it's like that thing that we said. You have to be prepared because they're clearly going to pick you apart because you're a fit model. Yeah, we talked about this in a previous episode. Yeah, they're going to put pants on you and be like, wow, Devin actually has a wider set hip, which Mm -hmm. I do. So her butt's a little larger, so her hip measurement is maybe going to actually be between our size 4 and size 6 and not actually a 4 or a 6 on the dot. Like most women. (laughs) Yeah, so we have to think about that when we're fitting her with Mm -hmm. our size 4. And so they'll say things like that to you, Yeah. which maybe sound negative, but it's like, no, it's literally them just analyzing the clothing. Mm -hmm. And I can speak to this now. I intern at the S Group, which is a part of... They do clothing manufacturing and, like, Mm -hmm. sourcing and all that jazz. But we have fit women come in all the time for this one women's athletic company we're working with and partnering with. And I remember it took forever for us to find... She's doing full run sizing, so all the way to plus, which is great. that's awesome. But finding a plus-size woman that is actually a 14 all the way around... the proportions. Yeah, and not, like a 14 bust and maybe a 12 waist and then a 14 hip was mm-hmm. the hardest thing in the world to find a fit model that actually fit those sizes correctly. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. So, but you get paid really well. I mean, I, I remember one of my friends for Adidas made 1200 in a day and I was like, Oh wow. my God, that's so nice. <laughs> like, what's that like? I feel like it's hard as a woman when it, when the topic is proportions Yeah. because you can, um, come off. I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but there's nothing you can do about your proportions, your tor- torso length, your leg length. Um, you just have to accept it. Yeah. But, but I do feel like we have a slight job on this podcast to make sure when we're talking about things like where they kind of pick you apart. Like, yeah, that's hard and stuff, but it's part of the job and being really honest about that. To me, when it's, it's never done, a negative. Yeah. When it's done like um, professionally. It's, it's just part of it. It's usually in a professional setting. They're never saying that to actually, like, poke at you. Feelings. It's just what they're analyzing at the yeah. time. And I think this job, 
Some people, I think, think this job makes you gain or lose confidence. I think it also makes you extremely aware of your body and how oh, it yeah. moves on camera and just how you fit into clothing. And how to pose. And like, how to pose. People are genuinely honest. Like, when you're face on camera, this one thing just doesn't translate well. And then you're like, oh, shit. Well, now I know what to do. Yeah, like me, it's my hands. I have really long hands. are hard. Hands. So sometimes when I cut them a certain way, they come off a little claw-esque. Mm-hmm. So I know I have to be aware of that. And to me, that's just not negative. It's just someone telling me next, I don't want it to look weird in a photo, yep. especially if I want to use that photo. Exactly. So it's more just... I think this job just makes you extremely aware of your entire body. So when someone says that about you, you instantly, at least for me, I instantly am like, oh yeah, like I kind of own up to it because it's like, I know it's true. Yeah. Cause and I've that seen in, it. That in and of itself is like a form of confidence mm-hmm. to just be like, yeah, okay. Like my, you understand your whole body. My hips are a little <laughs> bit wider apart. That's cool. Yeah. There's women like me out there. So yeah. what are you going to put women like me in? Like it's valuable and yeah, like you also kind of start owning your oh, quote yeah. unquote insecurities. Yeah. Also with fit modeling, I feel like that's the only time besides working with a designer that you get to give a big brand feedback because mm. we take feedback from our fit models all the time about like how it actually fits on them because most of the ones we use at my other job, they're a true size six or a true yeah. size four or a true size eight. So they're that all the way around for the most part. So when you ask them if this fits on them correctly and it doesn't, then they have to be like, okay, why? If this person's not fitting it, then someone that's going to be in the tw- in between is going to be weird. So we need to yeah. fix it for the eight so that it's good for the the person who's between an eight and a ten or like whatever. Like you have to be more aware of it. So I think mm-hmm. it's a good chance for you to actually give feedback to a large group of people that normally aren't going to ask the regular consumer what for feedback yeah for the most part the regular consumer is just going to tell them when they're unhappy yeah when something's really wrong yeah that would be i want to do more of that that would be fun besides that in portland i would say it's commercial commercial and lifestyle i put together because they're essentially the same thing so when we say that we're talking about like to me a big company here is like fred meyer Mm -hmm. does so many ads still and working with them is super easy it's not easy, but it's like a machine, a well-oiled machine. You show up to set, you shoot yeah. for a couple hours, and you leave. You're not there a whole day. They're very efficient. And it's the kind of um, company that you go to a bunch of castings for. So many. Because the opportunities are endless. They're mm-hmm. jewelry store. They're, they have that new, like, what's it called? I just was looking they have at the juniors dip, the other day. The Junior's dip. dip line that they're starting. Well, Kroger's they have starting. Like, the dip is full circle. And it's, I don't like I Sorry. don't like the cuts. I really think that they're not cut very... Um, Last year nice. for college, this was part of my final for a class, we had to take the dip clothing at Kroger mm-hmm. and make a website for them because they're there's not really a website. It's just okay. in stores for Kroger, which is Fred Meyer. And then we had to present it to their buyers. And I was oh, like, cool. why are we presenting the stuff that they own to them, to them. in the same <laughs> way and they gave us, like, the nicest feedback, but it was still, like, clearly they shouldn't even be here. <laughs> like, this is... It was a, for a um, retail and merchandising mm-hmm. class. So it was cool. Like, I liked what we did, but I was also like, I hate this. Because there yeah. wasn't actually any product shots. So one of our teachers, God bless her, she's actually the sweetest professor. I really like her. Um, she took her daughter there and took pictures of her and every single thing they have for juniors. Oh my gosh. So we went, so her daughter was like our, oh, our model for all these photos. She's so sweet. Oh, but that'd like, be fun if you. Yeah. That. 
But I remember for that class, I was like, why are we inviting buyers? Like, they don't want to see what we do. Like, I don't think they really care. Like, yes, they hire from our pocket of students. But it's like watching this in this particular project, I was like, no way. They don't (laughs) care. Like, there's no way. I hope the dip brand, like, gets better, though, because it's all, like, basics. It's super basics. Which is... So me. Also, I thought that was weird that they introduced that because, like, Fred Meyer, I swear, was, like, scaling back clothing in some places. Like, some stores don't have clothing Mm. anymore. Some still do. Like, I live in Corvallis for college, obviously. Ours still has clothing because it's, like, such a small town, so I don't Mm -hmm. think they would ever take that away as, like, a key shopping piece. But, like, the Fred Meyer kind of near me in Beaverton, I swear, is not doing anymore. Or they're, like, Mm. making it smaller, so it's just not as many. I just walked through it the other day, Mm. and it was – I was – it's a lot. There's a lot going on at yeah. the one I was at. But anyways, Fred Meyer is a good opportunity here. Who, <laughs> who else casts here a lot? Um, I've known somebody who's done a Microsoft commercial. Oh, yeah. I, I see those like on occasion. is kind of popular out here. I'd say Intel sometimes. Or like mm-hmm. random banks. Like I've seen stuff for Wells Fargo before. I've seen like some on-point castings here. Yeah. Where they just want locally lifestyle people to take yeah. photos for them. Because in the Pacific Northwest market, um, people really want real people that look like them. Yes. They want someone in a beanie everywhere. With a beard. With a beanie and a beard and yeah. some flannel, which is cool. Like whatever. But yeah, it's very like down to earth, very outdoorsy. There's a lot of green and brown in the advertising I noticed, but... Mm. Um, I was trying to think of, too, some examples of... Well, we just got a hand modeling casting the other day, yeah, <laughs> which I've seen a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. I almost sent in my hands, but I wasn't available for the date. My nails just look like crap, so yeah. I was like, I can't Mine do it. great. Sorry. But um, I was trying to find, like, a famous commercial or lifestyle model, and honestly, all I saw were mostly celebrities. Oh, you know what? One of my friends, Brie, who I don't think she really models anymore, but she was in, like, a legacy health commercial here where she, like, went into labor (laughs) for the thing. (laughs) Like, she was, like, a pregnant mom and then went into labor. But I've seen, and I've seen it with David Adui, too, where he played, like, a a doctor. So, like, Mm -hmm. I I think the healthcare brands here also do a lot of, like, random little lifestyle-y commercial-y shoots because they want it to be, like, again, like a local person. Commercial also extends to internal marketing for businesses. Mm -hmm. So, like, the pamphlets they hand out at informational meetings. Oh, yeah, those were models they casted for Uh that. Yeah. 100%. They had people come in and they found the look that they were trying to achieve and um usually really high diversity like yeah. you'll see someone of every type of life in those like ads too 100 percent. like it's commercial it, it has to appeal to everybody so mixed in with that is lifestyle to me like yeah. lifestyle was once described to me by a photographer as if i handed you an apple and asked you to play with it you need to look like you're having the best time playing yeah. with that and i said i don't like that like i don't i just now i think Maybe last year, this year and last year, I'm just now comfortable with lifestyle because before I hated it. I hated it. It took me a while to warm up to. I don't hate it. I just kind of take it now as like an acting challenge and I love acting. That's true. It's a lot of faking. It is different to try and translate that onto film. It's so hard. Um, Because it's really easy to look unnatural. It's more natural to look unnatural on film. And it's like the, the weird things. Like my husband had to get... When he first started his job out here, when we moved, he had to get, like, his headshot oh, or nice. whatever. Okay. And um, he was, you know, he was asking me, he was like, well, what do I, what do I do? He didn't... Headshots, w- you literally just smile. You just smile, but I was like, stick your chin forward just a little bit. Oh, I was yeah. like, do the turtle. And he practiced, and I was like, that's it. And yeah. he was like, 
he saw a picture with doing it and without, and he was like, I felt so stupid. But guess what? That double chin disappeared. I have it, like, all of the Everybody time. Everybody has it. Mine is, like, I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like it's prominent no matter. Anyways, double chins, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, double chin. Anyways, yeah, so those, like, there's things you have to do that feel unnatural to look natural. Yeah, like a lot of, um, to me it's, like, almost like senior pictures, like, you do a lot of, like, the fake laugh, but mm-hmm. it just comes off looking like a smile. Yeah. Like, I do that in lifestyle Lifestyle-y, they also will sometimes just can't constantly be taking photos of you to get stuff that you're candids. not... Candids. Candids. Mm-hmm. And then they'll use candids. Like, oh, my God. It's the worst when there's no props. If you have nothing, if you're just, like... It's just like, you. It's just you. Or <laughs> and, like, clothing. If, it's just, if you don't have a jacket, if it's, like, a t-shirt and jeans, I'm always, like, how many times can I put my thumb in my belt loop? That's very true. And then you, you do start get defaulting. over it super quickly. Yeah. And then you just go back to regular posing and then they'll be like, well, I'm like, They're sorry. Like, too fashion. I always start going to fashion, which whatever. Like they usually just say like, oh, that's you're that's a little bit off brand or whatever. And you just like snap back. You it's, do need something to work with because like if you're just by yourself yeah. or if you're not changing looks constantly, like yeah. I do it for Carla, who's my designer at the store I work at. But I do it I mean, for when we're changing, we're changing looks a lot. So it's like, I know that they're going to get different shots of like, if, mm-hmm. if I repeat the same six things, which I do sometimes, then they're still going to not use all those shots. Right. They're going to take individual shots of different things. Well, that's the beauty of working with a brand over and over again. Yeah. You learn their like style and what they want. But lifestyle's hard. It's, it is. It's hard. I give a lot of props to the models that really enjoy it so and excel at it. People that do really good at it. Yeah. yeah. Or have a really good smile, because I'm just, mm-hmm. like, self-conscious of my smile. I am, too. Because I feel like from the side, if you look at it, it almost just looks weird if you're smiling too hard. Like, I don't yeah. know why. It just looks odd to Well, me. there's also, Or like, a school picture, and you yeah. don't want it to look like a school picture. Side tangent on the lifestyle. I mean, this applies to all different types of shooting, but you know how, like, a lot of times they don't want you to look at camera? And so you're looking off and stuff. There's so many times where you can't look too far to the side. Or you're you going to look weird. It, or you're going to be missing people. You have people. to cut it in half or look at the 45. Like that on one the is angle. like, that's a funny one to like learn. They'll be like kind of flipping through all the photos and you're like, you look possessed. Yeah, that, that does happen. <laughs> but anyways. On occasion. And then the other market of Portland is obviously fashion, which we yeah. both work in the most. And that one to me, to me that one almost takes the most professionalism slash dedication yeah. because the hours are much longer. You're, you, you're sometimes not paid. Mm-hmm. Passion. Passionate. Castings for that are much more critical and I would say more based on like actual fashion castings where you walk in and you give them your headshots and maybe they take measurements before or after. Mm-hmm. You walk for them a couple of times in your clothes. Maybe you actually change into a swimsuit, walk for them a couple of times, and then they say, thank you so much, and then you leave. Yeah. You don't get the feedback right away, which I know would drive so many people up the wall, but you hard. don't. They rarely will tell you right away that they like you. Mm-hmm. And if they do... It's usually because they're, like, just weeding out the crowd. It's not necessarily that you're going to get in, but right. they, they'll they pick you for, like, a second callback, which sometimes is in the same chunk of time, like, like especially for an agency. So I've cast for a couple of... This one agency in Milan, I cast for, like, a bunch of times. But, like, I always made it to the second call, mm-hmm. whereas they would have 40 of us in, like, the casting room, and then they'd cut it down to, like, 20 or 15. Oh, my God. And then they'd That's be... Yeah, and then they would be, like... Okay, thank you so much. And then they would tell the agency who they actually picked. But you uh-huh. still wouldn't find out. You would just know that you made it to like second cuts. 
or like same with that Adidas casting. Like they had us all in that room. Then they called me, had me wait a little bit longer and then shoot with them again. And so I knew I made it to like around two mm-hmm. and then I didn't go back in, which I don't know if they had people go back in, but I didn't get asked to come back again. So I knew yeah. I didn't actually make it. And that's a lot how like runway um, castings are. Which yeah, they won't tell the you fashion. no. They won't tell you that you didn't yeah. make it. Rarely. Actually, it was super rare, but when I cast in Seattle, I actually got an email from all of them when they were like, no, sorry, we're, we're, we're not going to take you at this time, blah, 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 which is super rare because usually they just, like, won't respond to yeah. you. So the fact that I even got a response, I was like, that's nice. At yeah. least you, like, you told me because most I, of the time they won't tell you unless it's a yes. Yeah, and I feel like, too, um, it's hard for the people judging you. They don't want to make you feel bad. It's like a job interview. It's a, it is a job interview. It's a job interview, but you never really tell them anything about yourself. Or if you do, it's very yeah. service level. Yeah, like, it's just basically what you look like, what how your walk is, and so on. Um, it's, it's you, essentially. It is. And so I feel like whenever you're going to feel bad about feedback or something, it's always if you don't make it in mm-hmm. a casting. Mm-hmm. Like, I always feel bad anytime I do a casting where... Um, so when I first started in runway, I experienced this a lot where you'd go to a casting and some girls would get measured with headshots and mm-hmm. some wouldn't. And you knew if you didn't. I mean, they always tell you there's a chance. And there really is. I mean... Yeah, they could be going back through the photos yep. after and be like, actually, we want her. Yeah, they might not have found enough people yeah. when they were first selecting. But regardless, like, you're just like, damn it. Like, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And you walk away and you talk it up to experience and like... It's, I mean, you don't get, like, super sad about it, but it sucks. I mean, it's not fun. It's not, and you just have to, like, move on from it. But always go back. I don't know. It, um, but yeah, so it's a lot more emotional than I think. Than any of the other ones. Yeah. To me, it's the most emotional because mm-hmm. it's clearly, like, it's clearly, like, no, it is you. Even though sometimes it's, like, well, maybe they don't want your look. Or whatever. Yeah. That's another thing. I think people think the fashion side is very competitive, which it can be. But every time I've ever sat in a casting room, especially for like an international agency, I look around at everybody and I'm like, I'm not competing with these people because we clearly all have different looks. Yeah. So if they don't want me, they just don't want my look. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily me. It's like I don't reflect the look they want to go for or they don't think they could market my look as well. Which is fine. Maybe they can market Nicole's look better, mm-hmm. you know? It's literally just that. It's it can, not necessarily you. Yeah. Like, it can come down to, like, we prefer, like, these two models are similar and we prefer her bone structure. Or these two models are similar. But she has this, a stronger walk. Yeah. Like, you know. This brunette has green eyes and this one has brown and we find green eyes more marketable. Yeah. We can, a green eye is going to pop better on camera. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, it's down to those things it can be down to eyebrows like yeah. I have a really <laughs> thick eyebrow which is a lot most people really like it yeah but if they think that that's maybe too hard for their market and too editorial like they want someone that's maybe commercial and editorial they're gonna probably go for someone that doesn't have as bushy of a brow and yeah. that's literally just what they want like it's not you I think the funny thing with fashion too that people don't realize so you're so used to seeing commercial models like cover girl where they're very aesthetically pleasing even if you saw them on the street or um, they're very girl next door but fashion models look weird look kind of weird they look a little alien like typically the eyes are a little bit farther apart Mm -hmm. the forehead could be bigger or there's some quirk about their face that's unique and you don't always see it in photos um, no it doesn't translate really well it translates differently there's there's different 
categories of fashion, but one yes. one is like the alien creature one, which technically I like I fall into because it's like sometimes like you said, like you're not necessarily traditionally pretty. And that's not to say that you're not pretty, but just your look is more marketable and you mm-hmm. work well more in like the weird, really creative like editorial kind of crazy stuff. Like yeah. if you were to scream on camera and they took a picture of it, it'd be, wow, so high fashion. It uh-huh. wouldn't be, like, creepy looking. It'd yeah. be, like, oh my Or God, a girl like, next door screaming and scared. It would be yeah, it's, strong. It'd be cool. Like, yeah. they would love it. Whereas, like, there's some girls that are more, like, glamour-based, which are usually, like, the like the bombshell type. Like, they uh-huh. can do the big hair and, like, all this makeup, and they're going to look gorgeous, just looking, like, swept away in some, like, old-fashioned mm-hmm. film. And that's kind of an, another style, too. It's, yeah. like, the glamour models or girls that do, like... Big a, eyes. A lot of lingerie Oops. modeling yeah. are also categorized in glamour. Mm-hmm. So it's there's different zones for each one. And, yeah, people don't realize that you have to have a look, and also your look isn't always, like... Like on the street translating like mm-hmm. people I've heard this from like several of the big models that like they'll stand next to their ads sometimes and people do not recognize them yeah. it's like kind of that's kind of the point it like is. I'm not meant to be able to stand next to a picture of myself and you initially know that it's me it yeah. might just take you a beat or two to figure it out or sometimes if it's really high fashion you're not gonna you're not figure gonna it out it. like but that's just kind of how it is. Like, it's not meant to be the most a normal person on the street. It's meant to be yeah. something else. I think the funny thing is, is I don't think people realize how much of how much lighting plays into how good you look. And it's like yes. you don't walk around with a ring light. And, <laughs> yeah, lighting makes such a difference. Mm-hmm. So you'll even see, like, a selfie of, like, a model. And mm-hmm. it's like, whoa, that doesn't... Well, it's like, yeah, she doesn't have... And she doesn't have makeup Flashes on. and makeup and... Um, I think that's cool, though. I like when people don't recognize me in a photo, to an extent. I'm like, I want you to know it's me, because like, I did that. But yes. also, like, it's cool that that you think it doesn't look like me. Um, mm. But, I mean, I, I'm kind of realizing with each topic, there's a, there's a commercial side and a less commercial side. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's obviously the commercial fashion side, which even could just go back to dip. Modeling for dip is a commercial fashion model, because that's fashion it's just commercial fashion mm-hmm. so yeah oh i was um you have beauty beauty on there yeah i trying to think of people who um fit into each category bella hadid is who i thought of for fashion i think yes. she is predominantly a fashion model she's high fashion she's doing ad campaigns yeah. she's doing runways she's you're not gonna see her doing dr brew kombucha commercials she's if she be did it'd be so weird they like, have to make it fashion no um yeah, so then she also does, and this transitions well, she does a lot of glamour beauty modeling. She can kind of play both lines mm-hmm. depending on what they are. She, yeah. she can translate well. She has some very strong bones. Whereas structure. Gigi Hadid, to me, falls specifically into glamour slash girl next door. Yeah. Because she still does runway, but she will never... I mean, I've never seen her do... She does some Versace, which can go edgy. Really, but to yeah. me, she's not meant to be edgy Mm -hmm. and if she does do it it'd be cool like good for her for experimenting but I think she knows her lane and her lane is like Tommy Hilfiger Tommy Hilfiger Calvin Klein you know Mm -hmm. she stays very American girl next door she does some some edgy runway but that's Uh the only time you'll see her do edge she'll never do it in a campaign ad she'll never do it in just print work Mm -hmm. like it's always gonna be something that's more just like fun glamour pretty Whereas Bella Hadid, you could tell, isn't afraid of 
potentially going weird. Like, yeah. she did that whole shoot, I think it was Versace, where she was in the glass cases, that like, in a museum. Really cool. And that could easily go weird, because it's mm-hmm. like, wow, we're looking at this human being, but it looked so cool. Yeah. But I could not imagine Gigi doing that. They're just clearly two either. different lanes, yeah. like, which is fine. But... It's awesome for them, actually. Then they literally aren't competition. I don't think they are from the get-go. To but... me, they're not. No. Well, because, like... Could you imagine Bella Hadid doing Victoria's Secret? No, but could you imagine Gigi Hadid doing it? Absolutely, because yeah. she's more their person. Their person, like yeah. that's just how it is. Um, you have beauty written down there, so yeah. to me, beauty modeling is specifically usually for skincare, makeup, mm-hmm. or kind of perfume sometimes. Yeah, because it, they don't. What sometimes perfume is just legit an ad campaign. Zach makes fun of every. That's my husband. Every perfume campaign ever, and they're awful. <laughs> so weird. They're meant to be over the I top. I know. You have to, to understand they're meant to be a fantasy. Like, how do you sell a scent? You, you sell, sell a fan- the lifestyle that goes with the scent. Well, to women, marketing to women, you sell the lifestyle. Yeah. And you sell an image. Men, you sell more... Sex. Sex. Sex, or you sell, um, like, the whole vibe. Mm. No, not necessarily the vibe. To men, I think you sell more honestly, being like, hey, we know you're kind of fat. Do you want to wear this shirt? Like, that's kind of, they're a little bit, that sounds really bad. But they're way up more, more up front with it. And they're like, hey, we know that you want to slim fit. I see what you're saying. We're they gonna, tell men what they need. They tell you straight up what you mm-hmm. need. Whereas with women, they're selling you a lifestyle and a fantasy. They've been like, imagine you wearing this dress on a yacht somewhere. Are you yeah. ever going to be on a yacht? No, but can you imagine that? Yes, you need to buy this dress. And then Brad Pitt walks in. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what you're selling. You're yeah. selling more of a lifestyle to them. Whereas men, you're... This is how I want to say it. This is way better. Men, you're selling a product. Mm -hmm. Women, you're selling a lifestyle. So you have to paint the picture way more. Whereas with guys, not as much. Yeah. Traditionally, that's kind of how marketing is studied and looked at. And so that's kind of how Mm -hmm. most of it still is, is like, is is around that, that realm. On like a feminist note, it's really fucking frustrating because women's products are so much more expensive and they market them so ridiculously, like... Why does everything have to be pink and glittery so that we have to pay four dollars more for no, packaging? I buy men's razors. Oh, I do too. Deodorant. I like... just I just ventured into men's deodorant because I was going all natural for a while and I was like, I just, just can't. It just, yeah. I feel like I'm still sweaty. Sorry. I like it's... detox my armpits. Fun fact. Yeah, that, that's good to do. Yeah. Well, because you're you're so close to the breast, it can be linked to breast mm-hmm. cancer. So you do yeah. have to be aware. You want to be careful. Um, but I like Old Spice. Um. I use There's like a lavender. Dove for one. men, the clear one is that. I looked at all the ingredients. There's no aluminum, so I was like, That's okay, cool. That's the yeah. Like I'll I'll do this. Anyways, um, how did we? So beauty beauty <laughs> modeling to me is mostly like I think of CoverGirl. CoverGirl. It's usually makeup companies. Mm-hmm. Like to me, anyone that works for like Jeffrey Star is yeah. kind of beauty modeling because usually it's for a makeup launch that's gonna come out or like Huda Beauty does really cool campaigns. Think like collarbone up. Yeah, usually it's rarely your whole body. Yeah, or you, you do can't some, see the face in them. Or another thing that is not unique to Portland, but is a part of Portland, is beauty modeling for competition. So like I've worked with like Rie Hair. Mm-hmm. Oh When yeah. she enters hair competitions, I will be her model, and yeah, we shot the whole body, but really they only used images from say I'd say like the belly button up, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she. They'll do like a really cool hairstyle or for makeup artists, they'll do a really cool makeup on you and they'll send it in for competition, almost like a pageant style where you send in photos for it. But it's uh, for them to win or potentially go to hair shows or beauty shows. So that's another piece of beauty modeling, too, is just being just like a canvas for them to put stuff on to showcase their their skills. Because I've gotten... 
I don't know if you've gotten that call. There's a call that Ryan artist sends out. Um, it's been out a couple times where it was for a hair company, mm-hmm. but you were getting your hair cut. So you had to be okay with getting like a life changing haircut was what I it said. And it was like a, a lot of money though. It was like mm-hmm. a good amount of money, but it was for like a hair show where they're teaching students at it too. So okay. they had professionals actually like cutting your hair. My friend's a, a hairstylist. So now I know how this works because I've asked him shout out Alex. But he goes to, like, the chi classes. So you can go and you'll learn from the experts and then sometimes you'll go on stage and present. And for the experts, sometimes they'll have, like, an actual model and not just work on the the creepy heads. And they'll work on an actual girl and be like, this is how you curl hair correctly, blah, blah, blah. So that's what that was for. So sometimes there's your modeling for, like, them just to use your your head, basically. I don't know if I could commit to getting my hair cut to a style. I didn't want to. I've never even dyed my hair. If it wasn't going to be super, super short, like if they weren't going to buzz it, maybe they are just going to cut it, like, you know, below the jaw, I would maybe be okay with it. The problem is you wouldn't know until you get there, and I don't yeah. like that aspect. It like, makes me think of, like, the America's Next Top Model. Um, oh, yeah, when they just, like, cut episodes. them. Those are the best episodes. Like, it's because there's drama involved in them, but it's also, like, you get it drama. To me, those are so hardcore because they're the like, head. we're going to shave your whole head. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, but so Tyra is just usually right and I love that anytime she's been wrong she's like no this is this is fucked we're gonna change this like, or like yeah when they would like shave her head and then they actually had to put like a weave in I'm like this poor person yeah. I'm like they don't want to deal with it oh well but um so I tried really hard to find like a true glamour beauty model like a model that um isn't a celebrity and that's what I kept coming across oh, and I good. found one you did okay yeah you. so her name is Daria Strakos sure um she's my age right. so she, um, I, I went ahead and I did more research on her because I was really curious. She has been in Milan and Paris Fashion Week. She's had a bunch of Vogue covers. Mm. She was the muse for the cure, blah, 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 muse for the current creative director, Raph Simmons at Dior. Yeah. So, and that's all the beauty and everything along those lines. And um, th- she started that in 2013. So she's done Chanel, Prada, um, Albert Ferretti. Oh, am I saying that right? Alberta Ferretti? Yeah. I think I wrote it. I'd like paraphrase all my writing. Anyways. Yeah, to me when I think of beauty modeling, I mean, she is a celebrity, but I think of Natalie Portman in like Miss Dior. Yeah. Because like uh-huh. sometimes she is doing ridiculous things, but it's essentially, she's like pretty fresh face. She is very, Walking around. Yeah. So like that's kind of beauty modeling where like they're just kind of using her for a storyline, but also to be like, well, look, she's just like really fresh face. Yeah. Faced. She's like, really young looking. And yeah. And like she's just pretty. Like They have the, cover girl now has the 69 year old, um, oh, yeah. May mask. Mm-hmm. May, M-A-Y-E mask. Yeah. With her pretty silver. Yeah. Hair. My mom keeps making jokes about we're going to New York Fashion Week and she keeps saying that she's going to be the next geriatric model, which she could genuinely be a mature model. Um, My mom was a model so I keep used trying for to, a little. Yeah, she was a mature model. I keep trying to tell her, like, no, like, just, it's going to be great. And there's this model for CoverGirl. She's 69. My mom is not 69. Mm-mm. We'll see. If That's anyone's listening to this and you're looking for a geriatric blonde model. That's funny. I have the woman for you. You got the lady. Anyways, they really, like, slight tangent. Oh, I just bumped the desk. Um, Slight tangent on that. Like, they need to start using more mature models. They have money. They're the ones with money. They're the ones that will go out and, like, buy Dior. Like you say, they sell a lifestyle, so they use younger models. But I think that's shifting for women. 
Yeah, I would also hope it shifts just for the, like we've talked about, for the safety issues. That you, yes. You start, well, New York has the law, too, that you have to be 18 now, which is good, because before you would have a 16-year-old on a runway, mm-hmm. which, like, I mean, I started at that age where, like, I can't imagine working in New York at 16. I feel yeah. like that would have been too much for me. Unless they're going to make it super safe Which, somehow. who knows how they're going to do that. But, um, so, the fact that they're being more aware of that. Yeah. One, Europe has the body laws, which is way better, where you have to, like, go in for daily... You have to be weighed, and you have like to certain, do a BMI check yeah. because to make sure that you're healthy. Agencies have to do this by law in Paris, Spain, and mm-hmm. I think France, Spain, and London. I don't know if it's gone to Italy yet. But I know for sure Spain and France, you have to do the body laws, or they have to huh. check your weight. They have to check your BMI to make sure that you're not starving yourself. It's their way of fixing some body dysmorphia, like some eating disorder, and Mm -hmm. also making sure that the agent is not putting them at risk with that. And then also with that, this is all of um, anybody, I think anyone on the Euro, this applies for any country that's still on the Euro, I believe now if you have a retouched photo, they have to put a little sticker on it if it's in an ad or in like a magazine in Europe. It has to be like, this photo was photoshopped. Like they have to tell you. Interesting. They, that was part of the huge body loss thing that went into effect, but th- they have to tell you. And they also huh. cannot ask you like to lose weight anymore. They have to take you at your sizes or... I'm sure there's ways to work around that, right? But they yeah. have to take you at sizes now, which is good. Yeah. So I think there's like there's a um, professional limit on if they ask you to reduce to fit an outfit. Like if it's like a half an inch and it's already designed, I don't know. I guess that's usually just bloat. Just half an inch. Also, they should yeah. leave that for seam allowance. You're right. Like they should. I mean. Yeah. I don't know. I do you have more to say. I. So we, like, lightly touched on parts modeling, which is, like, hands, feet, lips, um, stuff like that. And then just the one last type that I thought of was Mm -hmm. promotional modeling. So this is, like, in person. Um, So really big (laughs) model misconception corner. Okay. (laughs) Um, Promotional models are not, like, the... Um, I think the misconception is that they go with, like, their boobs out, and they're there to, like, be sexy and flirt with everybody and sell product. Meanwhile, like, they're not. In fact, in a lot of the contracts with them, it's like, you do not have to interact, like, with customers beyond offering them a sample and, you know, just telling them about the company. Oh, I have a good story. Keep going, though. Um, You can be like, you know, yeah, a lot of it is, like, typically women at bars wearing like attire that themes with the bar like if it's country attire you're probably gonna have like a tied up um plaid shirt on or whatever but like crop tops yeah yeah. but then there's also like car modeling which that can go a little bit more into the sexy realm but also like some companies will pay you to go hand out samples at like a costco Mm -hmm. for example Mm -hmm. like you go to costco and you see the guy selling like traeger grills Mm -hmm. like some things use like professional models for that yeah and now you're perfect example uh, there was a Mac by me, which I won't say which one, but for a while they always wanted to do like when a launch came out, they wanted to use live models and put them in full makeup and hair and in outfits and just be there as like a live model and someone mm-hmm. to interact with the customer. I got sent that casting, I remember like twice, and I remember I couldn't do it both times because of like, um, I just think pers- like I couldn't have time. But yeah. I remember that was a huge thing for like a Mac counters used to do that where like you sometimes if it was like a big makeup launch they would have a model be there or be there getting your makeup done or something to interact with 
And this was in like a mall too. This wasn't just like a standalone, a standalone Mac store. This was like in a mall, but I got sent that a couple times. And I mean, you know, there was like the Abercrombie models for a while, which those yeah they were probably real models. I doubt those are people that actually worked there. The shirtless men models. Sometimes there's a girl. I've never seen a girl, honestly, but I I used to see a girl at the one kind of by me. There was always a guy, and yeah, he was always shirtless. But then there was a girl in like also summery attire too. Oh, okay. So there would be like a guy and a girl there, and they'd be there for a couple hours. But that is a form of that kind of is also with live modeling. Sometimes you're just paid to be a live model, which mm-hmm. means you just stand there and like sometimes you interact with people, sometimes yeah. you talk with people. To me, I've done that a couple of times. One was for like kind of a hair show. And then another was for Michelle Lesniak at the artist at the Portland Art Museum. We walked mm-hmm. on a runway, so we did a runway, and then they had us stand on podiums for like thirty minutes, so she could stand there by me, her design, and like talk about it, and mm-hmm. then like have people come up and like touch the skirt or whatever. So like, you you are not allowed to interact with people unless they tell you usually. So you kind of have to be a live statue or like art institutes. There's some yeah. people that do like art exhibits with live models or whatever, yeah. like that are there. And that you can, like, can't really, you can't talk to them. It's like Disney. We can't break character. Like, I can't talk to you. I can only talk to you sometimes. Well, you're on the job. Yeah, like, I'm not really supposed to break the illusion. It's like going up to the guards at Buckingham Palace and trying to make them laugh. They can't do it. They can't do it. It's their job. Okay. Should we take a break and come back and do obsessions? Yeah. Cool. We are back. Okay, obsessions. Obsessions. Um, mine this week is Charity from Cherry Bomb Makeup because I fi- finally met her at Fringe and she was really fun. I had no idea you were going to talk about Charity. I love Charity. <laughs> she lives like five minutes from here. I didn't know that either. Which so is- like she told me that when we were hanging out, but Aww. she was so chill and like the makeup she did was really cool and fun. And, yeah, she's and she's super fun. talented. Yeah, she's cute. She's really easy to talk. You're really easy to talk to, <laughs> which I appreciate because sometimes I just want to talk about talk, random, yeah. random things at a show. But yeah. Charity's like probably the most honest person I've ever met. She's really cool. She's chill. Good yeah. obsession. That's my obsession. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see like better pictures of the makeup and stuff. I don't know if they took them. Like, like close-ups I... and stuff. Yeah. Shout out if you went to Fringe. That was cool. I, I know um, Tiffany went. So shout out to yeah, you. Yeah, Tiffany. She actually... She has, tagged us. Yeah, yeah, she was asking if she could do a um, guest piece on skincare. She's yeah. an esthetician. Oh, cool. Yeah. Maybe. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We need a second mic, first of all. Yeah, we're just working on so one. So either Tom left in, give us your other mic, or um, sponsor our podcast. So and we we'll go buy guests. one. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. What's yours? So my obsession, I found this really cool website. Ooh. And I found it while I was looking up that um, Daria Straukas model, the one I was talking about for beauty. Mm. So I went on and Google image searched um, CoverGirl models, I think. And I scrolled through all the images and I just like waited for one to catch my eye. And I hers caught my eye, mm-hmm. didn't recognize her. So I clicked on it and I clicked through the link and it took me to this website called Fashion Model Directory. Ooh. Yeah, so you can pull it up. You can search CoverGirl ads like 1990, and it will pull them all up, and you can click on it, and it tells you who the model is. Oh, shit. That's Yeah, nice. it tells you all of this information on the model. So, like, anytime you've ever seen an ad and you're like, who is that model? They're, like, awesome or whatever. This website provides that for you, which is great because a lot of times um, it makes sense when you're not when you're getting paid to not be credited because you did a job and that's that. Mm-hmm. Um, but... 
it's people chill. Can find you. We'll link that in. We'll link yeah, that below. We'll That's cool. That the, yeah. And um, we'll make sure to put any other links in the description of stuff that we talked about. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Model Talk Podcast PDX. We have a Facebook now. Oh, okay. And we're <laughs> testing that out. We have a group. And we have a page. Oh, we have a page. Okay. I invited you. All right. Surprise, Devin. We have a Facebook page now. I've been haven't looked at my phone all day, so I probably uh, didn't see it. I'll look later. Yeah. So um, I thought I was going to have a busy day yesterday. It ended up being a free day, and I just had a bunch of time on my hands, and so I made a Facebook page. So go check out that. We can post kind of more images on that. Than oh, I got it. <laughs> We're good. It's there. And then, um, yeah, so if you are listening on, like, Apple Podcasts and you can subscribe or review, please do that and interact with us online so we know what else to talk about. Okay, guys. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening.